0: All right, welcome here to Breakthrough City Church. Um, we've just enjoyed ourselves in a time of worship, and uh, I wanted to share a word with you today. Um, um, and uh, just before I start, part of the word I was busy sh- sharing in the time of worship, I just felt God says, come up here. And uh, as the Spirit of God said to John, also, come up here. And I hear there's a call To the church, there's a call to you today listening, those that are here today, that God says come up here. It's not on your righteousness, but it's his righteousness. He's made a way. Um, And Hebrews 4 says, approach the throne of grace with boldness. So welcome to those that are joining us this morning as well and those are going to listen to this message. There's an invitation going out today where God wants us and he's made a way and making a way for you. So just open your hearts even to receive the word. And uh, just to what God would want to do in your life, even in this week. and that. So this word I'm also sharing this morning, um, I've been sharing a series now for a number of weeks, especially on the whole thing of being, how do you deal with things when you've been hurt? How do you deal with offenses? It's one of the biggest things the enemy is using in the times, the end times we're living in. And that is where um, the church is sitting with hurts and offense. That means people are sitting with hurts and offense and uh, we shared with 2 Timothy 2:26 2, who refers to this how basically at the end of the day the enemy uses us as agents in his arsenal and we become we do the will of actually the devil that's what the bible says there in that scripture and god is actually wanting really just to work in our hearts so that he can restore and heal and deliver us so god has intended for us to have breakthroughs but for many of us we've we've allowed um, uh, because of hurts, doesn't matter whose cause of hurts, we've dealt with e- situations, whether it's been with uh, fathers, physical fathers, spiritual fathers, whether it's been with leaders, whether it's been with like Joseph, family members, brothers, sisters. Um, Hurts and offences, and how we form these walls, and the enemy comes in, and he has a stronghold that actually manifests through our lives. So the way we deal with people, the way we deal even in business, how we deal in the world, is actually as Christians. But we are not allowing the Spirit of God to manifest through us. We are actually allowing the enemy to manifest. In and through us. So there's access that the enemy actually has in our lives. And I really believe that the key to this is love. God has called us to a place of reconciliation. He's called us to reconcile man back to Him. And the church needs that reconciliation of a life that has been healed and restored. And in this healing that's taking place in the body, I really believe a harvest is coming in the world and these things are busy happening. But Remember, revival first comes to the church. When revival hits the church, the city gets affected and an awakening takes place in a city, in a village, and in a nation. So revival comes to nations when the church arises. That's what happened in the book of Acts. That is the way that God builds. That's the way God invades earth is through the local church, not the local Media uh, or via some channel, and that it is through the local church God invades, and there's many people that are being disconnected because of offences, and pretty much not built into local churches, and um, that is the blueprint of the New Testament. So, um, and if you feel offended today, that is maybe the message for you. <laughs> so, um, just follow, catch up some of these messages. Um, so, I'm going to try share this word in the time that we have. Um, And this morning, I want to share just some things where, with regard to, um, when you maybe been treated badly, anyone been treated badly before? All right, good, in the right place. So, you know, just like Joseph's brothers, just like um, David, I shared about his life, and he was a man after the heart of God, you know, he carried something in his heart that reflected the heart of God. And remember, I shared about this, where how many situations, these two situations, where they could have he could have ascended to the throne because he was anointed for that and he, and he could have killed Saul. And the amazing thing is where I shared that part last week about how where, where even after Saul died, this just amazes me where he goes and he says, okay, I want all you guys. There was 400 guys that were with him. And he said to him, he, he said to him, he says, listen, I know you saw how wrong I've been done in. I've been done in your bad. But he said, I want you to write a love song now to Saul. Sure, okay <laughs> um, but it showed he had the heart of the God, all right because revenge belongs to God. what did I say is revenge uh, or vengeance is mine is revenge it's about revenge, and God says, "I will deal with it so some people might be sitting in some people might be disconnected. remember the body of Christ is built in when you get saved you get Built in you get saved, in and you become part of the body of Christ, and then God adds you into a local body. No. It is not something that floats around. I promise you because if that is the case, then it is not accurate according to the new testament so there 's ways we build in according to Ephesians two twenty on the apostolic and the prophetic uh, foundation of which Jesus is the cornerstone, and we need to build church accurate churches because at the end of the day it is about his kingdom being established on earth as it is in heaven. And how it happens through the local church, which has been equipped, trained, raised up, coming to a place of maturity to do what? Reflect Christ. Yeah. Alright? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Without Christ being formed in us, we don't see hope and we don't see the Glory. Alright, so this morning I wanted to share on this further about how, when we get treated badly, and we'll turn to one or two scriptures, you can turn and have a look at first one is in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and it says here in Romans 12 verse 17, I'll read 17 to 19, it says, Repay no evil for evil. Alright, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And verse 18 and that, we'll also carry on uh, as well now, but let me just stick with that. Um, basically, um, he's also saying here, yeah, um, well, let's read verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Yeah. Verse 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, do not avenge yourselves. Okay, don't take revenge on things. And and guys, we we get taught that from growing up, you know, even as kids, you know, I'm going to take revenge. They 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 scratched my or broke my toys. I'm going to take revenge. And you get taught this thing. You almost grow up in this thing. But at the end of the day, God says, don't take vengeance. It doesn't belong to you or to me. All right. So and he actually, this is a command. This is a command that is gets given. So. God considers, listen to me, God considers this unrighteousness. It's, it's an unrighteous thing when we actually take, uh, we avenge ourselves. Okay, and, and remember, we take, we take vengeance and we avenge, why? Because we get hurt. And this is the thing, remember, love covers a multitude of things. Love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering. Remember, and I said this before, all those things we pray, Lord, give me patience. The attributes of what the nature of love is, is patience, is kindness, whatever. So what do we need to understand is to know his love. Because when we have his love and reflect his love, we are patient. We are kind. We are long-suffering. All right, so don't take vengeance and don't avenge yourself. So basically what God says, he considers it, as righteous, a righteous thing when he avenges us. It's righteous when he avenges us, not ourselves. In verse 19, it says, Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is uh, written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So, uh, many, many of us many times think of judgment, And that when we think of God's going to bring vengeance, we think of calamity. was it it just me? We many times think, you know, when God says vengeance is mine, God's, we think of, ah, (laughs) you know, what you sow, what you reap. It's like, watch the vengeance come your way, buddy. So, and we think of this calamity. But I, I want to challenge just something about how you see that. So when he says vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Um, maybe that judgment that God is referring to, maybe it is about that those people will get saved. I, I want you, because sometimes we, our understanding of the Father is a judge. Yeah. He is a judge, but we don't understand the heart, the nature of him being Father. His judgment is not like the calamity we think of. Because when there's destruction, it's, it's funny, some people we actually know quite well uh, work in the insurance business. I won't mention who. But uh, people we love. And, uh, you know, there's a certain thing that says insurance, act of God. Because my house burned down. <laughs> I'm thinking, who put that in? Act of God. The, the, the It was a flood. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And so we... Always apply calamity with judgment. Yeah. I say, can it not be that the Father's heart is actually, actually saying, vengeance is mine. Is that you know what? These people will, will be dealt with where they will see that my kindness will lead them to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not the heart of the Father? Yeah. So many times we shout what God whispers. And we whisper what he shouts. We overemphasize. We sometimes major on minors because we don't understand the heart of the Father, right? So Jesus said there's basically weightier matters of the Word of God than just sometimes these issues. All right. So in Proverbs 20 verse 22, Proverbs 20:22, it says, if I'll just read it, it says, Don't say I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. You see, because it says, the Lord says, I'm not storing up these, uh, uh, he says, sorry, the Lord says, am I not storing up these things, sealing them away in my treasury? Am I not storing these things away? You see, in Proverbs it says, and don't say to your neighbor, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. This is what Proverbs says. So, one Peter, we'll have a look as well. We can just turn there quickly in One Peter two verse eighteen. I'll just read there quickly. One Peter two eighteen. It says this. One Peter two eighteen. It says, servants, um, or there is actually part of. So that can also be employees. It can be students, whatever. Be submissive to your masters. It can be your managers. It can be your teachers. Be submissive to them. With all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Do you hear what I'm saying? So servants, be submissive to your masters, whether it's your teacher, manager, whatever. With all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. That word harsh is a Greek word which is the word skolios. And that word, okay, be submissive and gentle and kind to the harsh. Do you know what that word actually means, harsh? It means those people that are crooked, perverse, wicked, unfair, tyrannical, and unjust. Yep. That's what it says. Alright? So, you know, we can dismiss or maybe we can ignore scriptures um, or address it as we actually believe it. You know, we, 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 just, we just wash the scriptures away and we interpret it how we believe it is according to our experience. So sometimes we lose the authority of the word because we misappropriate or misapply the word in our lives. Okay? So I might not understand, but... Fear the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of understanding. OK? So don't try reading to the, reading to the Bible what you believe. So is it that we're going to have people like that or, that are wicked and harsh bosses? That's all I hear. People in business. School teachers. oh my goodness, I thought they were the worst. Well, most of us did school, I think. Those who actually attended classes. Uh, <laughs> we won't say who that was and wasn't. <laughs> All right, so 1 Peter 2.19. 1 Peter 2.19 says, For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Doesn't it sound like David? Doesn't it sound like... Joseph doesn't sound like Daniel, you know. I, I hear many times people are saying with their work, oh, but it's you know the work, my boss. Do you know that the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most wicked men that ever lived, and Daniel served him? But you know, in the last verses. Of in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, when he goes mad and he eats grass and whatever, he comes to his senses and he actually turns to God and he says, he say, and he starts to worship the living God. Yeah. That's what many people don't read. Yeah. I want to tell you, is it not that your circumstance with your teacher, your boss, your parent that you're sitting with? That, you might, that, might be feel, that you, might, you might feel, it's not to say that, oh, that they're wicked or unrighteous or whatever, but that your response is actually the key to bring about change in their lives. Yeah. Because that's what it says here. In verse ninety it says, For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Unjust treatment. To endure unjust treatment. So, you do basically what is right, and then you get punished for doing that. That's what happens. Anyone ever felt like that? Yeah. I mean, hey, ask my teachers. (laughs) They would have told you. (laughs) They purposely unjustly (laughs) punished me. Oh my goodness. No, I did deserve it sometimes. So... So for even to this you were called, it says this, eh? For what were for what were you called to? You and I actually have been called to handle or to be handled unfairly or have unfair treatment. And and God says, take this with patience and justly. Deal with it. Ah, listen, we read in the same Bible here. Hello? I know it, it doesn't feel like it, it feels like <laughs> Ish? Are we saying good African language? here in South Africa, for those that don't understand, but that hurts. <laughs> but I will not take offence. I will not be offended. That's what we're dealing with. For to this you were called, it says. For to this you were called. It is inseparable from your vocation. It's inseparable from your walk. From your Uh, your work or your being a student. This is part of what you're going to have. Unfairness. (sighs) Yep. I didn't write this Bible. But I will have a chat with the guys that did, who were inspired. (laughs) All right. So the Bible says this in the Amplified. It says this Amplified Bible says for Christ also suffered for you. Leaving to you his personal example so that you should follow him in his footsteps. Did Jesus suffer? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, In Mark 15, uh, we can, I'll just quickly turn Mark 15. All right, you can just turn so long if you want to Mark 15. Basically, what is happening in the scenario, I'll just tell you in Mark 15, Jesus is is standing before the uh, basically um, before the court of law. And he is standing uh, um, amongst the basically the most influential people that are in that place. So it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were most of them were rulers. And they're standing in this court of law with these Pharisees and Sadducees. And this is the setting. And um, what happens is, it says here like in verse 3, And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. All right? Jesus doesn't say anything. And he's the most righteous and is righteousness and the most righteous person that walked earth. And he did nothing. And uh, verse five says this: "But Jesus still answered nothing. So that so that Pilate marvelled. All right. So they keep asking him and accusing him, and Jesus continued that that even Pilate, the ruler, he was a Roman, You know, he was ruling there. remember it was part of the Roman territory that straight stage. But he was ruling there, and and he was marvelled. He's, he's thinking, but." Basically, this guy, he knew that Jesus was innocent. That's why he marveled and thought, but how can they? Why is Jesus not saying anything to defend himself? Anyone feel to defend yourself sometimes? Yeah. Yeah? Especially if you know someone is unjust, wicked, and unrighteous, and they're dealing with you badly. Isn't that so? I want to stand up. i want to deal with this. You crook. I'm a Christian, man. Come on. And yet Jesus goes and he's accused unfairly in that. And even Pilate's wife, all right, Pilate's wife, do you know that she had a dream? And she had a dream that, that uh, Jesus was innocent and not to touch him. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is that Pilate, you know the story in that further on, but Pilate has a name, a, a son. That was made and put on the cross. And that said, the, uh, the name it said, King of the Jews. Yeah. Right? That's what Pilate had this. But do you know that the Jews said, they were very upset when, when he did this. Yeah. But Pilate did what he believed. Did you realize, he, he knew who he is. He's the King of the Jews. And the Jews were very upset and they said, no, 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 no. You must actually say that, that Jesus, that he said he was the King of the Jews. That's what you must put up, that sign." And he said, no, 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 I know he's the king of the Jews. So, because Pilate was watching an innocent man, and he knew that there were lies that had been spoken against him. Alright? So, why is it that Jesus is saying nothing? Why do you think he's saying nothing? You see, Jesus never sinned. Jesus never deceived anyone. Jesus never threatened them. He he never threatened them when he suffered. But what Jesus did is that he left his case in God's hands because God always judges fairly. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, (laughs) just think about it. Jesus is perfect without sin, without deceit, without anything. And he says nothing because he knew his father is a righteous judge. And he judges fairly. Always. Fairly. Maybe we need to also understand that. God judges fairly. In Romans 12, which I read further further, earlier on, it says do not repay evil for evil. In one Peter three nine it says one Peter three nine it says don't retaliate insults with insults. Instead pay basically pay them back with blessing. I see some of you looking at me. Like a cow looking at a new gate. Have a look at one Peter, one Peter three nine says here, not returning evil for evil uh, or re or uh, Yeah, do not, sorry, not returning evil for evil, or re, uh, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you will call to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Okay, I know if you heard what I just said there. So, when you get unfairly treated, guess what? You actually have an opportunity... To pay back someone with the blessing. And in verse 9, it says the following. Knowing that you will call to this. Why? Because we call to do this. Why? So that you can inherit a blessing. When you repay someone That has done evil to you with a blessing in the way you respond and what you do. God says you will inherit blessing because of what you've done. Who wants to inherit blessing? Yes. So the next time you're unfairly treated or insulted or evil is uh, uh, done against you, guess what? God is actually setting you up to be blessed. Ah. Yes. That's what it says. So, God wants to deal with things, but the thing is, make sure you don't take it in your hands. Because when you take it in your hands, He can't bless you in that. Alright? So, um, when, when we... You know when we badmouth someone, uh, uh, in maybe in business because of what they've done wrong or the injustice they've done, we pick up an offence, and actually what we do, we lose a blessing. Yeah. So now in business we badmouthing the person the whole time, and we make it public, and this is the big crook, the whatever, whatever. We actually removing ourselves from actually a blessing. Does God repay? Yes, He does. But you know what? Maybe not the way you and I think. Um, we, you know, we've we've actually experienced this as well. We've we've had this a number of years ago. Just when we first planted the church, we actually had a bit of a type of a ministry business thing in that, and I won't give too much detail. But, um, and the the one woman that was involved in that, um, there was there was finances given by their, her mother. As part of tithing, because the mother was never in a church and she felt she wanted a tithe. And it was this actual this ministry, but a business we used to reach people, and money was given in and a tithing was given. And then it was after a year, two, whatever, the daughter, you know, decided to move on and that not be part of this like a ministry business type of thing. And uh then the mother wanted the money back, a tithe that she gave. <laughs> and uh you know, and it was quite an interesting thing. And the whole time we just felt, you know what, Lord, you need to deal with this and that. Because, I mean, even our accountants noted it. It was put in as a tithe was given by someone, I mean, we hadn't even, hadn't even met. And uh, just because a daughter was involved and whatever the motives... And uh, long story short, um, you know, it was a thing where actually God dealt with this thing in the sense that um, we actually... Ha- you know, and this is the thing in you know, the Bible speaks about, not going to court, whatever, things like this. But it says, if someone doesn't want to repent, deal with him like an unrighteous person as well. Like an unbeliever. The end, we actually went to court. And what we did is, there was a judgment made. We said, God, you know, you need to deal with this. A judgment was made, but not even regarding that. It was regarding for her to to, to basically remove herself from being as a director of that business. That was the thing. It wasn't about the money that was given then. The judge came with a judgment, even it was like we supposed to go there and we went and then he wasn't there or it was called off and then something else, I don't know, it was crazy. Like, And then we had to go for judgment. That we actually, a judgment was then made when we had to go to stand before the judge. The judge also wasn't there. But he had made a judgment, and and the bailiff came and said, no, but a judgment's already made. So we didn't even have to... They had to write from another part of South Africa to come to this twice. Okay? And a judgment, he says, no, the judge already gave a judgment. Here it is. You, that is now these people, they actually owed us now money. They owed us for whatever things in that... And the judgment was made like that. So pretty much what happened, we just said, look, we just want you to resign because obviously there's this is great, a lot of stuff in this directorship, which they did resign, and we totally withdrew and never held anything against them, even the, what they owed, according to the judgment. What I'm trying to say is that God turned things around where we didn't go into a thing of, you are this, you are that, we said, Lord, you need to deal with this. And God turned something around, even into a blessing, that it wasn't a thing of even funds that were going to be removed from this business, etc. and that, because the main aim was actually reaching people. So that seemed very short in that, but that's how God actually dealt with certain things, but how we deal with our hearts as well. You know, whether it is, Um, even what as a church we went through with property and things like that. You know what? God's going to deal with things even with a new place, new venues, whatever, even in this transition period of time, but making sure that God is the righteous judge because blessing will come. Hello? All right. Good. So God does repay. All right. God does repay. Amen. So, um, (coughs) excuse me. so, if you saw, so basically, it's pretty much this: if you sow to the spirit, you reap to the spirit. If you sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh, corruption. Yeah. So make sure you're responding, even as a Christian. Okay. So if you saw, so if you sow in love, what's going to happen? You're going to reap it from many times. Even though you sowed in love in this response, you might not reap directly from those, that situation or the your teacher or your headmaster, or your business. But there'll be a different situation that you might reap from. So don't put in a box how you reap when you sowed in love. Okay? Just remember that. So, um, here we have Jesus. Remember, Jesus had 12 people that that he loved that were so close in his life. And um, and then the one we know that betrays. So one betrays Jesus, Judas. One denies Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and nine run away in the darkest time that Jesus is going through. All right. So the others run away. Then Jesus, what he does is he uh, he goes and he 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 chose basically to lay down his life for you and me. He chose to lay his life down for you and me. And not only did Jesus, uh, you know, what did what happened because where Jesus laid down his life, he received their love but also he has received many many sons daughters that have poured love into jesus that he's i mean those that, that have been born again we we love him we adore him why so what he's sowed in he's reaped billions you understand from those that were closest to him that walked away from him So the way God pays back is not in in my box. You know, it's like, um, I'm just thinking. I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me. Um, It might be someone sitting here, someone listening, that, you know, your your physical mother or father was really just brutal with you. What you went through in your life. And... um, it might be certain situations like that. And, um, but you know what? I want to also encourage you and tell you that, remember, judgment belongs to the Lord. Vengeance is mine, the Word of God says, which belongs to the Lord. I know of, and personally, actually, we've been involved. That's why I just felt the Lord remind me where we've actually got to lead some parents, just before they died, to Jesus. And they were brutal with their children. <laughs> Hello? And I know also of some families that never knew this. Only a long long period of time after they had died, we actually shared, oh, by the way, we led your mother, we led your father to Jesus. And they were like, Guys, so that's why I say, don't. The judgment of God looks very different to calamity what we many times think. Because he sowed in love. And he's going to reap a harvest of lovers. There will be times that people slander you. Whether it's family members, whether it's school, whether it's business. And they're going to defame your character. They're going to say things about you. But the question is, are you going to live by Jesus' personal example? And obey your calling, or are you going to defend yourself? Because we are called to follow in his footsteps, to say, Lord, I release, I forgive. You can defend yourself and you can win. But you can actually miss out in the blessing. And the choice is yours. And that's why the scriptures, actually, you saw me read that. Wherever you can, try and live peaceably with all men. Where possible. Because some people's response might not be a peaceful, peaceful way. But let vengeance belong to God to deal with those people. Because, you know, many times we don't know what it is like walking in those people's shoes what they've been through. Amen. So I want to just pray for everyone this morning, those who are listening, those who are here this morning about. And really, because I, I, I believe, and I said this earlier on, for those that, that are listening live, is that there's a grace this morning in the house. There's a grace that God wants to release, and there's things that He wants to enable us Not what we've done, but he wants to give us a grace, which is a divine enablement for us to have access and to step into. So let's just stand, and I want to pray for for everyone. So Father, even this morning, um, I want to just pray for everyone online watching or watching this message afterwards. I want to pray for the people that are here that have been been hurt, been offended, um, been treated unjustly people that have been slandered, people whose character has been slandered, um, people who've been hurt, badly treated. And Lord, may we be your example that we would follow you by, even though we have all the accusers and you said nothing. Even Pilate knew you were innocent. And Father, your word says you are the righteous judge. And When we bless and we yield to that judgment belongs to you, your word says that we inherit blessing. And Father, right now that I pray that you'll deal with the hearts because you're serious about bringing revival in our cities and our nations. But you're working with your bride to bring about a bride without blemish, without wrinkle. And I pray for your peace just right now, just to saturate those people, the busy uh, watching, busy um, viewing, Lord, that they'll be just restored in their hearts. And know that vengeance belongs to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.